Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. We are officially out of Afghanistan, and we are left with a human tragedy in its wake. It is time to look back on what President Joe Biden and his administration said before August 31st and that deadline, and really what actually happened. I'm going to play some clips of Joe Biden and see if what he said was a lie or how close he really got to reality. I think you're going to see that he was definitely lying to us, and he thinks that we are all fools and will soon forget what's happening in Afghanistan. Clip number one here for you is Joe Biden, and he is now announcing, going back to April 14th, the pullout of Afghanistan. The United States will begin our final withdrawal, begin it on May 1 of this year will not conduct a hasty rush to the exit. We'll do it we'll do it responsibly, deliberately and safely. And we will do it in full coordination with our allies and partners who now have more forces in Afghanistan than we do. And the Taliban should know that if they attack us as we draw down, we will defend ourselves and our partners with all the tools at our disposal. All right, he says here that he's going to start pulling out May 1st. Now, (laughs) he said this, quote, we will not conduct a hasty exit. Now, we know for a fact that he did conduct a hasty exit, that this was not something that was planned out over a long period of time. This was not something that he was able to get uh, Americans out Uh, little by little, and not draw a bunch of attention to. This was a rush job, and this was a very hasty exit. He said, quote, we will do it responsibly, deliberately, and safely. Well, it did not turn out to be that way. We did not do this in a responsible way. In fact, you could not have gotten any more irresponsible in how you did this. This was if deliberate, I, okay, I can, I can believe that, but this was definitely not done safely because obviously we have seen a number of people lose their lives because of the way we exited Afghanistan. And if, if we are attacked, he says, quote, we will defend ourselves with all the tools at our disposal, unquote. We were attacked and we didn't defend ourselves with all the tools at our disposal. In fact, we gave most of the tools at our disposal to the terrorists themselves. Here's clip number two. This is Biden going back to July. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it? Can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They did not. They didn't. Did not reach that conclusion. What is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity 
to sustain the government in place. The question is, will they generate the kind of cohesion to do it? It's not a question of whether they have the capacity. They have the capacity. They have the forces. They have the equipment. The question is, will they do it? And I want to make clear what I made clear to Ghani, that we are not going to walk away and not sustain their ability to maintain that force. We are. We're going to also work to make sure we help them in terms of everything from food necessities and other things in, in, in the region. But, but there is not a conclusion that, in fact, they cannot defeat the Taliban. Did you hear what Biden said there? Biden says that it's not true that the Afghan government will collapse. So yeah, yeah, I want you to hold on to that statement because we're going to come back to this a little bit later in the podcast. But Biden says it's not true that the Afghan government will collapse. He said, quote, we are not going to walk away, unquote. We are not going to walk away. We're not going to walk away from the Afghan government. That is exactly what we did. We definitely walked away from Afghanistan. There is nothing left of the U.S. government in Afghanistan. We walked away. We, In fact, we didn't just walk away. We actually made sure that even contractors and government contractors um, that to, to work on the airplanes and things like this could not do their job helping the Afghan government. So yes, we walked away. Some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese Army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. So here he's describing that this is not comparable to Vietnam. Biden, when asked about the parallels between Vietnam and Afghanistan, says none whatsoever. How can you say that there are no parallels between Afghanistan and Vietnam? The parallels were striking. The, the, if I showed you pictures and video of the evacuations of these two countries as we're leaving these two countries, you might be hard-pressed to identify which one was Vietnam and which one was Afghanistan. Quote, the Taliban is not the North Vietnamese army. They are not remotely compatible or comparable. <laughs> if that's true, that makes this even worse. That makes this situation even worse. And it makes our military look even more incompetent. I mean, if you have a Taliban army that is not comparable to the North Vietnamese army, and yet they took over this country before we could even get our people out, then you are definitely not capable. And, and, and to say that it's not, that they're not compatible 
is just digging yourself in an even bigger hole. Quote, there will be no circumstance where you will see people being lifted off the roof. That's exactly what we saw. And you can go and you can see those pictures. You probably already have. And he said to us, there is not going to be any circumstances where that could happen. And he was either lying or very incompetent. When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. There would have been no ceasefire after May 1. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. There was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement to withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat in Afghanistan, lurching into the third decade of conflict. I stand squarely behind my decision. Okay, this clip was from August 16th, and he says here that 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 he inherited a deal. He inherited a deal from Trump. What he's trying to do is he's trying to shift blame. Okay, he says that this was a success. His his administration has been all over the place saying you can't say that this is anything but a success. But just in case you don't think that this was a success, well, I inherited a deal. Okay, troops had already been drawn down to 2,500 troops. And actually, there's even reports that maybe it might have been closer to 2,400 and so forth. But the, Trump had taken these the troop deployment down to 2,500, and not anyone had been killed as far as our, our military in over 18 months. And we only had, let's say the 2,500 figure is correct, we only had 2,500 um, Americans in country as far as our military goes. He, he says we are not going to take more American casualties. Well, how can you say we're not going to take more American casualties when, yeah, we haven't taken any for 18 months? We, we had taken zero casualties for 18 months. So why did he have to, if he, if he thinks he has to... Uh, do something about this deal. He inherited a deal that he had to stick with or else we're, we're, we're all going to die. Well, nobody had died for 18 months. That, nothing's happening. He didn't have to stick to some deal. Now we know that the, that this deal was null and void. We know that, that any deal that Trump had made with the Taliban was null and void because the Taliban did not stick to their end of the deal. So it was done. He didn't have to do that. That was just something that he was trying to to shift blame onto his predecessor. 
Now, he also talks here about the spring fighting season. And the the spring fighting season basically is this. Over there in Afghanistan, there is a certain period of time where it get it, they get a lot of rain and it gets just very muddy and hard to travel. Now, that's why between May and October, that's when, when, when there's a lot of fighting, that's when it happens because you can shift a lot of people around. Anytime not in that time frame, you're not going to do a lot of fighting because you just can't move people. So the deal, the May 1st deal, was set, that that particular date was set because we would then withdraw all of our, our military personnel before the Taliban could maneuver and, and take things over. But when Biden then came back and said, nope, we're going to make it August 31st, that was right smack dab in the middle of when the Taliban could do their thing. And guess what? They did. He also says, quote, I stand squarely behind my decision. So it's his decision. He didn't inherit a deal. It wouldn't matter if there was a deal or no deal. He had made the decision to go in and and withdraw all the troops. That was his decision. He cannot then put that off onto someone else. He's taking full responsibility. I know there are concerns about why we did not begin evacuating Afghans civilians sooner. Part of the answer is some of the Afghans did not want to leave earlier, still hopeful for their country. And part of it because the Afghan government and its supporters discouraged us from organizing a mass exodus to avoid triggering, as they said, a crisis of confidence. American troops are performing this mission as professionally and as effectively as they always do, but it is not without risks. As we carry out this departure, we have made it clear to the Taliban, if they attack our personnel or disrupt our operation, the U.S. presence will be swift and the response will be swift and forceful. So this is from the same press conference. Some Afghanistans didn't want to go. Well, that is because you denied their family's exit. He says that some Afghans don't want to go because he's given them a choice between either you leave, you can come out of country and and we'll save you, but we're not going to save your family. So you have to choose. Do you come out or do you stay with your family? And of course, some of these Afghans are going to stay with their family. They're not going to leave their families. That You're the one that's made, that's given them that choice instead of actually saying, okay, your family can go. Because the Taliban, they're not just killing people that, that sided with us. They're, they're killing their families. The Afghan government asked us not to withdraw people, he says, earlier for fear of a crisis of confidence. A crisis of confidence. So the way we did it was better? I mean, if he's he's now, again, trying to shift blame, just in case you know you don't believe that this was a success like they're saying, He's trying to now shift blame, if you don't believe that it was Trump's fault, to the Afghan government and the Afghan army. You see, he, he says, well, you know, we would have gotten people out sooner. We would have started this whole thing uh, earlier and, and not really, you know, ha- had to bite the bullet and do it last minute. But you know what? The Afghan government asked us not to withdraw people earlier for fear of a crisis of confidence. Well, 
we have a crisis of confidence. You, so <laughs> the way that you did it was even worse. Even if that was going to be the case, even if the Afghan government did ask that, number one, we have our people at heart. That that's that's what we should be as as a as an American government. We it should be first and foremost as a priority is is our people and and and, and our allies. But but here he's he's saying that oh well we didn't do it because yeah, it could have got messy. It got really messy. And he said if they attack our personnel or disrupt our operation, the U.S. Response will be a swift and forceful. His idea of swift and forceful is a lot different than mine. I mean, what kind of swift and forceful response did we see after the attack on our pers- personnel, on on the bombings, on on the preventing from people from getting to the airport? There was no swift and forceful. Our current military mission, we shortened time, limited scope, and focused in its objectives. Get our people and our allies as safely as quickly as possible. And once we have completed this mission, we will conclude our military withdrawal. We'll end America's longest war after 20 long years of bloodshed. Get our people and allies to safety as soon as possible. Well, okay. After we completed this mission, he says, we will conclude our military withdrawal. Wrong. Okay? We did not complete the mission. We simply, we we did not leave the military and they were the last ones out. That was complete lie. That was complete fallacy. And, and he calls this the um, America's longest war. And I'm so tired of hearing that. Um, what about Korea? I mean, if, if you believe that leaving personnel in a, in a country that we've been in war with, if you believe leaving you know, a few personnel there to help out with different things, if, if, what, what about, um, how about Cuba? We have personnel there. We have a military base there. It, it's called Guantanamo. Uh, so is it, what about that? Is that America's longest war? You see, this was not a war. We we had finished it. It was done. We had 2,500 personnel there helping over 300,000 uh, in the Afghan army. So this was not America's longest war. And I'm tired of hearing that. I am president of the United States of America. And the buck stops with me. I'm deeply saddened by the facts we now face. But I do not regret my decision to end America's war fighting in Afghanistan and maintain a laser focus on our counterterrorism missions there and other parts of the world. Our mission to degrade the terrorist threat of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and kill Osama bin Laden was a success. Our decades-long effort to overcome centuries of history and permanently change and remake Afghanistan was not, and I wrote and believed it never could be. I cannot and will not ask our troops to fight on endlessly in another another country's civil war, taking casualties, suffering life-shattering injuries, leaving families broken by grief and loss. This is not in our national security interest. 
I love hearing the buck stops with me. Okay, the buck stops with me, and 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 this is what I I tell my daughters when when they start off a sentence, but daddy, you know that it's going to be complaining. You know that everything before the but doesn't matter. So he says the buck stops with me, but dot dot dot, and he goes on. So everything before that but you can just disregard. Now, he says killing Osama bin Laden was a success. Uh, yeah, and it was also one you opposed at the time. This is not our country's security interests, he says. So let's, let, me, let me get this straight. So no casualties in the last 18 months is not in our country's interest, but having over 100 troops and allies killed is? This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I don't understand how he thinks that anybody with half a brain is going to buy this. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is our country's security interest. Now, granted, it took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is. But look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. People, are, we got a thousand, some way, 1,200 out yesterday, a couple thousand a day, and it's increasing. All right, here's the clip, George Stephanopoulos interview. And, and he, he says, it took us two days to control, to take control of the airport. Well, why did it take us two days to take control of the airport? Why? Why, why did we not use one of the eight military bases that we just simply walked away from instead? Why did we have to control this little landing strip, right? We had military bases. We had areas that we could have held held people uh, in, in a much better situation than behind barbed wire and things. He says, quote, no one is being killed right now. <sighs> no one is being killed right now? It was wrong when he said it. People were already being killed. And it certainly is wrong now. Men and women and entire families are being dragged from their homes and shot in the streets. People falling from our planes. Hundreds of troops and allies being blown up. People being hung by ropes and flown around by our Black Hawk helicopters piloted by the Taliban. I mean, when was, knock on wood, a foreign or military strategy? All troops are supposed to be out by August 31st. Even if Americans and our Afghan allies are still trying to get out, they're going to leave? We're going to do everything in our power to get all Americans out and our allies out. Does that mean troops will stay beyond August 31st if necessary? It depends on where we are and whether we can get ramp these numbers up to five to 7,000 a day coming out. If that's the case, be, they'll all be out. Because we've got like 10 to 15,000 Americans in the country right now, right? And are you committed to making sure that the troops stay until every American who wants to be out yes. is out? Yes. How about our Afghan allies? Does the commitment hold for them as well? The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And I think we'll get there. So Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't... The troops will if, if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? 
And if there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Yeah. And here I, I cannot imagine how you can take this any other way than it's just simply a lie. And you can see how he tries to get out of this. You can see how he's 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 trying to say, "Hey, you know that this is you know this is this is a, something I'm going to to stand on." And and he's he's being pressed by George, and he's and he's he finally comes out with, "Okay, troops will not leave if all Americans are not out." That's a lie. That right there was a lie, and he was caught, and we know it. And, and looking back on it, you can see just how much of a lie it is. These operations are going to continue over the coming days before we complete our drawdown. We're going to do everything, everything that we can to provide safe evacuation for our Afghan allies, partners, and Afghans who, 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 who might be targeted if, because of their association with the United States. But let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. Okay, going to, this is August 20th now. We will get you home, okay? Any Americans that want to come home, we will get you home, That is what he said. Nope, because that is not what happened, and that was not what was going to happen in the very first place. This is not anything about, uh, about reality. We did not get our Americans home, let alone our allies and those that helped us over there. That is a complete lie, and you can't take it any other way. As we continue to work the logistics of evacuation, we're in constant contact with the Taliban, working to ensure civilians have safe passage to the airport. We are particularly focused on our engagements on making sure every American who wants to leave can get to the airport, where we have been seeing challenges with Americans for, for Americans we have thus far been able to resolve them. We've been able, we've made, look, we've we, we made clear to the Taliban that any attack, any attack on our forces or disruption of our operations at the airport will be met with swift and forceful response. We're also keeping a close watch on any potential terrorist threat at or around the airport, including from the ISIS affiliates in Afghanistan who were released from prison when the prisons were empty. So the Taliban is providing security around the airport, is what he says. The, the, the people that, are, that want to murder us are the ones that we have negotiated with to provide security around the warehouse or around the airport. Now, first of all, he says that it's in their best interest if they do provide that security. That's how we have negotiating power. But we're not going to move off of that August 31st deadline, which he didn't, right? So, so any kind of leverage that we had that just is null and void. He just took it away. So no, that wasn't correct at all. That was just simply a lie. And, and, and he's, he's provide, he's, he's saying he's providing security and, and by asking the Taliban, by negotiating with the Taliban to do it. Well, the, the people that were actually around the airport doing this security thing, this was an offshoot of ISIS that was providing the security. That's who that was. And any attack on our operation, he said, will be met with swift and forceful response. No, nothing was swift and nothing was forceful. 
we we did get attacked. We, we they didn't provide security, and there was nothing swift and nothing forceful about our response. He says we are keeping an eye on ISIS. Nope, because they blew up our troops and our allies. Reports have have come out, and it looks like it's true that they actually had uh, an attack drone. Um, that was that was zeroed in on one of the suicide bombers and and the order was to stand down because we were negotiating with the Taliban. Now again, I can't confirm all this, but it looks like these reports are true. In fact, one of the very first things that Biden did when he got into office was he took all of the authority away from the military when it came to drone strikes and made it so that he was the one that had to give the okay. Listen to this. Our first priority in Kabul is getting American citizens out of the country as quickly and as safely as possible. At my direction, the State Department continues to reach out to the remaining Americans we have identified by phone, email, and other means to ascertain their whereabouts and their plans. We're executing a plan to move groups of these Americans to safety and to safely and effectively move them to the airport compound. For security reasons, I'm not going to go into the detail of what these plans entail. But I will say again today that I have said before, any American who wants to get home will get home. We've also been evacuating the citizens of our NATO allies and our partners, including their diplomats, their embassy staff, who remain in Afghanistan, and to get them back to their homes as well. And uh, as we do this, we're also working to move our Afghan allies who stood with us side by side and other vulnerable Afghans, such as women leaders and journalists, out of the country. Again, just a simple, flat-out lie. Those that want to get out will get out. Nope, because that didn't happen, and it wasn't even designed to. We, What we did there was we created a situation in Afghanistan that was of our own making. We didn't have to do it. We did not have to do it this way. This is not something that had to be done. And what did we do? We created the tragedy. And then we said, well, we're going to get everybody out. Nope. We weren't going to get everybody out. We didn't get everybody out. He said, we are um, executing a plan to move groups of these people to safety. Well, the the plan was was to give terrorists a kill list. I mean, this was his plan. His plan was, hey, if, if you see these guys that, you know, they're, they're, they're Americans and they're allies of ours and, and I know you want to kill them, but if you see them, would you send them our way? You know, <laughs> you don't give terrorists kill lists. This was not a good plan. Now, lastly, Biden was caught negotiating a quid pro quo. He knows that the Taliban is is looking like they're going to take over. And he says that that we need to lie and make it look like the opposite is happening. He then goes on to promise if Ghani it will will do this that that we will provide air support. Again, just simply a flat out lie. Here's the report from the USA today. They report yes Uh, Less than four weeks before the fall of Afghanistan, President Joe Biden argued uh, Afghanistan's president uh, to to uh, urged the president to demonstrate a more capable military defense to change the, quote, perception 
unquote, as the Taliban made significant gains. Biden relayed that message in a July 23rd phone call that shed new light on Biden's thinking before the Taliban on August 15th abruptly seized control of the Afghan government. Quote, and this is his quote, I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things aren't going well in terms of the fighting against the Taliban. That's his quote. Biden told told Ghani uh, during a 14-minute phone phone call. He said, quote, and there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to protect a different picture, to project a different picture, unquote. He's, he's telling him to lie. He's telling him that, that things are, we need to project a, a, a different picture. We need to, to, to let everybody know that everything is going great. This was two weeks before before this call on July 8th. Biden told reporters in the U.S. that it was highly unlikely that the Taliban would take uh, take control of Afghanistan. So again, we just know that he lied. In the in the phone call, Biden com, uh, com, committed to providing continued U.S. assistance to the Afghan army. "Quote: We will continue to provide close air support if we know that the plan, which is to lie." is and and what the plan is and what we are doing and all the way through the end of august and who knows after that so he's saying hey if you just lie with me if we go with this plan hey we're gonna we're gonna provide air support for you well this is what the afghan leaders had to say to to him he says mr president we are facing a full-scale invasion composed uh of taliban full pakistani planning and uh logistical support and at least 10 to 15,000 international terrorists, he says, predominantly Pakistanis thrown into this. So that dimension needs to be taken account of. I mean, he, he's trying to tell the president, you, you don't quite probably understand the situation here. We are facing a big to do. And yet the president says we need to take care of this. Now I could go on. And I, and, and I know, I know this is, this is, this is a, a long uh, podcast, but, uh, you know, the, we, we, could, we could even do th- quotes from Jan Psaki, the, the White House press secretary, uh, all the lies that come out of there, um, but we don't have time. Let, let's, let's just say this. This administration thinks that we are all fools and that we will soon forget all that has gone wrong. I think that you, that, 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 uh, that you won't believe their lies, but they think that you're going to believe their lies. The question remains, will you forget? And will you buy their lies and be made a fool of? And and I would love to hear from you on this. You can always contact us at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.